On this week's episode of the We've Seen That Podcast, we're watching Tom and Jerry. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jim. Cut the music. We are back for the 25th episode of the We've Seen That Podcast. Like I said, each one's a milestone, so we've hit the quarter of a century mark. Kind of a big deal, Jim, I think. It's absolutely a big deal, right? Like, we're going to have to do some sort of uh, celebration for like 100 episodes or something like that. But even before we get there, we're going to have to celebrate a year, right? Because that'll be at 52 weekly episodes. I was thinking about what we should do, and I think we'll have to do some sort of recap of, like, the top-rated movies we've done in a year, and maybe talk about the bottom-rated ones, too. Right. Like, maybe just spend, like, a, like a, like, almost like a special year-in-review episode, where we maybe just set, like, a movie review on the back burner, but instead, yeah, just review everything we've done up to this point. (laughs) That'd be kind of fun. And rate ourselves. Do a really meta review of the podcast itself. Give ourselves a (laughs) 1 through 10 rating on how we've done. I don't know. Oh, son of a bitch. Like, you gotta think recency bias. By the time we hit 52, we're gonna be doing better than we are now, I would hope. And I think we're doing okay now. Right, right. So, especially once... The first episodes were rough, though. Oh, I know. I, I remember hopping on the first time with you guys and just... You know, you can't help but be, like, nervous, you know, because you're just... Even though you're just talking to each other, you don't see or, you know, visualize anyone else listening to you. No one's looking at you while you're doing this, but, like... You can't help but just get a little, like, you know, heavy. A little bit of stage Heavy-chested, right? yeah. You're just like, you know, do I sound stupid? But at this point, it's like, now I'm just bullshitting. I hope, anyway. I mean, that's yeah, what I feel now like. Now I it, do sound stupid, and I just know it. Right, right. You just embrace it at this point. Um, yeah, and hopefully, you know, by episode 52, we can get Scott back. You know, that'd be, yeah, that'd I be would a hope target so. date. <laughs> um, Gosh. That poor he, I was talking with him this morning, and he's like, you know, I talk so much shit about how I was going to miss so few episodes. And I'm like, dude, it's no big deal. People know you're committed to the pod. The problem is you got a big mouth. Right. Yeah. You talked yourself into the corner. No one's going to blame you for having a busy job, because I get it. It's fucking wild right now for your line of work, but... Yeah, man, you kind of brought it on yourself if you hear the if you hear the whispers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, if, if the audience can find us enough sponsors that we all can make a living doing this, then we can get Scott here all the time, right? Because he won't need this silly day job. That's true. That's true. I mean, we would not have to miss a single episode for from now until we decided to quit, which would only benefit everyone. You know, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone wants this content. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, well, anyway, did you did you hear from him? Did he have anything for what he was watching at all? or He didn't. Uh, man's been working like a dog. So, Swan. unfortunately, it doesn't seem as though he's watched anything. We actually talked this morning, like, a little bit of a complex tax situation. It was <laughs> delightful. Nice. Nice. 
Well, perfect. Well, why don't we just jump right in here to what we're watching? Um, I'll go first, Jim, because I'll let you kind of round us off um, with the TV show we've been talking about, which, spoiler alert, I did not watch, people. Sorry. So we will not <laughs> fully dive into WandaVision, but I kind of do want to get Jim's like initial spoiler-free reaction. But um, but yeah, first, I kind of went back and watched another Marvel movie, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, which would have been the second in like the... The Avengers, Avengers, like, quadrology or right, whatever. Right, Um I remember seeing it, like, one or two times a while ago and thinking it was okay. Um, but I wanted to go back and rewatch it now, obviously, with WandaVision kind of taking the forefront here in the Marvel Universe and get a little, like, recap into how she was introduced to us for the first time. Um, I gotta say, I kind of liked it better this time around. Um, it's a lot different. It's more of, like... It's like a Hawkeye movie after going back and rewatching it. Like, there's a lot. Yeah, of he's in it a lot. Jeremy Renner. Yeah, and he kind of like holds the team together because they're kind of starting to fall apart, which eventually it obviously leads into Civil War, if I get my chronology right. Um, so they're kind of a little, you know, the Avengers are starting to break a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it was, I'd probably give it like an 8 out of 10. Definitely not my favorite of the you know, four Avenger movies, but I think better upon, you know, revisiting it, you know, maybe it's recency bias, I guess, but it, it was kind of neat just to see how Pietro and Wanda were introduced to us. And now obviously seeing WandaVision um, on Disney plus. Well, and that's the helps. intro of vision too, isn't it? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, I basically just wanted to go back and kind of rewatch and like, just cause I was in the mood from WandaVision kind of see how those, you know, two main characters now have been introduced to us. So yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it going back to rewatch it. What about you, Jim? Yeah, I, th- or- I think that one does better on on second watching than it does on first. Because I remember coming out of the theater for that one a little bit disappointed. Um, but I, I know that I've watched it two or three times since then. And I seem to really enjoy it. Specifically, like, uh, Ultron, I think, is just kind of... Hol- uh, underlying hilarious yeah i I love him so much the sarcastic kind of talk and like um i forget who voices him but it just gets me i believe it's james i'm not sure if it's supposed to be funny or not yeah i believe it's james spader well that's that's the funny thing is because he's kind of like taken from obviously stark like jarvis yeah stark industries so i wonder if he kind of just adapted some of like tony stark's like you know crude and you know, kind of arrogant attitude because it, 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 you're exactly right. He is just so like blunt and like it's just funny. Kind of, he's just an odd, an odd villain, but one that seems to, like you said, yeah, kind of it works more. Like I think as you kind of revisit it, like I said, I liked it. You know, this this time around more probably than I did the first time, but um, for sure, right. So what? Well, we- I also watched a Marvel movie myself. Um continuing on my list of the quote-unquote correct order to watch them i've now watched guardians of the galaxy 2 um which i watched immediately after guardians of the galaxy 1 and let me just say this movie is incredibly meh compared to the first one i give it a 5 out of 10 it's and watching them side by side it's so much easier to see the glaring issues with number two like it's kind of like this whole cgi thing and the uh them trying to fight a planet at the end just doesn't quite work 
Um, I understand that Ego, like, is in the comics and is a really big uh, Guardians of the Galaxy villain. Um, so I feel as though they had to do this storyline. But, man, I just couldn't care enough after watching the first one. Because the first one is a much more, like, down-to-earth and that's kind of a stupid thing to say about a space movie, but it's like a more like one-on-one, I'm fighting with one other person sort of thing, and that's more believable, especially when you're dealing with a half-human like Peter Quill, right? Um, as well as, you know, a raccoon, a tree, Drax, and then Gamora. So, I mean, like, and they were fighting against, uh, oh, what's his name? The leader of the Kree, the blue dude. Um, and that was or... just so much better than them trying to fight a planet yeah right yeah i i agree i definitely didn't like it um as much as the first one just because i'll be honest like when i even when the first one came out i just wasn't so sure about it like i just remember thinking like god this is just because i didn't really know anything about the guardians of the galaxy because i wasn't you know i'm not like a huge into the actual comic comics um but like I just remember seeing like really like a raccoon and a tree and like, but I remember just being literally blown away. Like I loved the first one cause it was funny. Um, the action was great. You know, the cast, you know, them coming together, they just fit so well as like a group of just like misfits, you know, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's kind of hard to follow the success of the first one. I, I didn't mind the second one. I thought it was okay. You know, it's kind of, you get some, you get some good emotion at the end when when Yandu dies. I think that's that kind of yeah. Brings, the funeral is maybe one of the best scenes. Yeah, kind of brings everybody together. But but I agree, it's it's tough to follow that first one because for like a villain, yeah, he it's there's not like one central um you know guy. You know <laughs> you know what I mean. He's not like he's threatening. Well, he's kind of a god too. Right. It's almost like too much exactly it's like too much to grasp i think um and i apologize when you said i don't remember the first villain from like what his name is obviously i threw yandu out there i think just because i got mixed up with the blue guy but i yeah he is blue but then there's the kree guy um i was really struggling on because he was the character's name here right working for for Thanos, but then kind of like went rogue a little bit. I remember, yeah, the with first the Infinity movie. Stone because yeah. he didn't want to deliver it to him. Right, right. Um, and then like at the end, Peter takes the Infinity Stone. They all hold hands and they are able to control it long enough to get it into the orb. Right, right. Yeah, so that first movie was a lot of fun, and I I agree. I the second one is good, but but probably not does not live up to the first one in my opinion either. Um. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I feel like it was a tough act to follow, and having this watch order have me watch him back-to-back didn't do the second one any favors. True, true, I didn't even think about that, yeah, if someone's going along watching him in, like, the correct chronology, uh, chronological order, um, yeah, I mean, if, if one is so much better than the other, it, it would only hinder the second one if, if, if that was the case. Um, right, so coming up then, I have, next is Iron Man 3 captain america winter soldier and then i got age of ultron so two two kind of good ones captain america and uh avengers but i remember having seen iron man 3 and thinking it was kind of a pile of garbage so we'll see how that one goes yeah i'll be interested to hear what you think of that one because i have not seen that one in a long time um 
the thing is, if you watch Iron Man 1 and 2, you've probably seen the vast majority of Iron Man 3, because they kind of just remade the same movie three times over. That's, yeah. I mean, it's true, because, <laughs> you know, they don't really introduce too many, like, villains that kind of last, you know? Because he's just kind of fighting, you know, right. corporate monsters for the most part. <laughs> like, when he Well, and basically, they all make their own Iron Man suit, and then they fight, right? right? So it's like, woohoo. Yeah exactly it's like i used to watch flash on cw but i think three or four seasons in a row the main villain of the season was another guy who can run really fast and it's like come on it gets pick up on somebody else here for sure for sure well jim so, like i said i dropped the ball this week i have not got around to the newest episode of wandavision but the, to the best of your ability without spoiling anything what was your initial reaction I here I'll just give you a score on the episode I know we don't normally score tv shows I give this final episode a six it it was good I wanted it to be better there were things that I wanted them to do that they didn't and this is the problem with us talking fan theories with Adam so I blame him specifically (laughs) um it's like I wanted there to be more in this episode and maybe we still will get this fake behind the scenes extra episode um the the, obviously there's an end confrontation here between the villain agatha and the family vision the boys and wanda and that was pretty good maybe the highlight of the episode um they they leave you set up for more is what i'll say whether it's more wandavision or leading her off into another movie as and as we've discussed we got multiverse of madness coming up with dr strange that they've left everything in a position to get that going which sure. is both good but also a little bit underwhelming right disappointing for where you thought we could get you know with the show um is right. there and an, is there a post credit scene i gotta watch out for there is a mid credits and a post oh, so you gotta <laughs> watch for both of them um one thing and uh, I, I hope you don't hate me for it, but this might be a little bit of a spoiler. Paul Bettany had come out and said that there was going to be a really big cameo, apparently, in the finale of the season. And there wasn't one. Not really. Hmm. No, no, not not at all, so, I don't think. Because didn't, um, oh gosh, Olsen, she, she came out and said that there was like a Mark Hamill-esque, like cameo too i mean are we to assume that that was just pietro then or yeah whether it was pietro or maybe darcy right darcy was kind of a series regular and pietro was in three or four episodes yeah i wouldn't call that a cameo right um so that leads me to still have a little bit of hope that next week the behind the scenes thing will be another episode um but I have a feeling I may just be disappointed. Right. Because what is it? Is it is this 9 or did they get to 10? Oh, shit. I thought this was... I didn't even think. 9. So, yeah, I mean, 10. 10's a good round number, you know? Yeah, lots of premium <laughs> TV shows go for 10. But how many episodes of Mandalorian did they have? Oh, gosh. I think that was only, like, 9, to be honest. 8 or 9. Now that I think of it. God damn it, I'm not signed into Disney Plus again. <laughs> I was going to check. Okay, fine. I can't check. I'm sorry, guys. But pull up your Disney Plus app on your phone, your own phone and 
see whether or not the number of the episodes makes uh sense makes you think there might be something else because yeah i mean nine's okay i guess but why well, i'm okay with anything more than six granted or seven the way game of thrones did us dirty for the last two seasons yeah. so <laughs> i we can discuss that at another time unless you want to get into it now i've been watching so many youtube videos over the last like week jim about how terrible the last two seasons were just getting myself all angry all over again <laughs> i i, I want to go back and rewatch it because i do i love that show so much but i i have a feeling that i should just stop at the end of season was it seven was the second to last one or was it six i think it was six six is the last one with 10 episodes and then seven yeah. seven had seven and then the last season eight had only had six. Oh, okay okay so i think i just want to watch through season seven because like at the end of season seven i just remember coming out of that finale like oh my god there are so many storylines there's so many ways this could go no one knows what'll happen and who finally takes the iron throne and just leave myself with a little bit of wonder instead of even bothering to rewatch i know uh, season eight <laughs> it's it was truly like i would be willing to call it the biggest failure in in television show history in my opinion i mean there's definitely things the thing is it still made a fuckload of money well i know and and i'm not gonna come out as like a total debbie downer like there's things about the last season that i really really liked like there's certain points of it that are amazing and like plot details and like like brianne finally getting knighted by jamie was a really cool scene like that whole episode when you thought everyone was kind of saying their goodbyes only for them to have like infinite plot armor against the army of the dead the next episode which was kind of lame but yeah there was no actual risk <laughs> no for a show that was built on that you know and i get they're trying to like subvert our expectations to some point but like you know to like toss away you know the actual risk of like this is supposed to be like the end all be all army you know and that's all we've been told for fucking 10 years or however long it took to get to that point and for it to just be over in one episode where no i mean jorah died but like there was no other real main casualties was just completely disappointing to me right and like they even reinforced the nobody is safe thing wasn't it right like at the tail end of season seven that Arya killed Baelish yeah. um, in front of Sansa, right, in in the uh, in Winterfell. So it's like, to go from that to none of our main characters can die, because I would even argue Jorah's not a main character, right? Um, was so disappointing. It seemed like the writers and people have talked about this to the nth degree, so we won't get into it too much, but the writers just wanted to be done, and that's fucking stupid it's because shame. now it left everyone with a poor taste in their mouth about yeah, it exactly for something that they had i mean granted they had the source material for the first however many seasons but i i thought they did a fantastic job bringing that to the screen and then for oh, you agreed. yeah for them to kind of just you know put it on the back burner of their minds or at least you know press the fast forward button a little bit for those last two seasons and kind of yeah like you said just leaves a bad taste in your mouth and Try not and it's a bad look for HBO, who habitually makes amazing television content. Right. I mean, they tried to cover themselves. You know, they came out and said, oh, we would have funded them for 10, 12 seasons if they wanted it, you know. But, like, 
you know, someone should have been able to like step in and be like, you really want to wrap this up in 13 episodes, these last two seasons. Like, I don't know. It, like you said, there was right. But if they had done that and if they had done that, stepped in and said like, Hey, we want, we want you to extend this out a little bit. And then the extended stuff sucked. Yeah, I mean... Then it's a bad look for uh, the studio anyways. You risk, yeah, kind of diluting it with just nonsense. I agree, but I don't know. I mean, they could have just... I'm okay with eight seasons. They could have just had ten episodes in each season, you know? So just give yourselves a little more time to, you know, allow things to play out on screen versus, like, being able to get from fucking King's Landing to Winterfell in, like, a day when it takes like a month on horseback which we've we've seen in that show before you know it's yeah or Daenerys just forgetting about the iron (laughs) and costing her one of her fucking dragons yeah Yeah, she forgot about them yeah the one thing she cares like most in the world about is her dragons and she just happens to forget about the world's biggest fleet that's ever been assembled which they've made a point to say like multiple times before that (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean that that was almost insulting when you go to the like because they always aired that little behind the scenes thing afterwards and one of the writers i forget which one was like daenerys kind of forgot about them and my god it is come on I dude know, he actually said that on like the post episode re- recap yeah i know it is what it is i've i've honestly thought about diving back in just because i seriously love the first like you know especially the first season four is probably my favorite overall but like yeah like the first six seasons are just so good and i've really wanted to kind of dive back into that world and like actually read finish the books because i haven't got around to that um but like i said i highly recommend they're very good i just can't you know just knowing that it how it ended (laughs) on screen just just disappoints me every time i don't know well and i'm wondering if george r R. martin if he ever does finish the series of books whether he'll adopt the tv show's ending or if he'll do his own thing right well that's the thing that's kind of he's been working on the last book for like 20 fucking years right exactly and that's the thing is like he supposedly told them how he wanted it to end and it's not that i had a problem with how it ended it's just how this is what everybody said it's how we got there rushed it was yeah yeah it's like if bran ended up being the king you know I'm fine with that, I guess, if you can, like, show, you know, that in a better aspect. But, like, to have to have him literally quote, like, three episodes before that, him saying, I can't be lord of anything, I'm the three-eyed raven, and then to literally show up at King's Landing and be like, why do you think I came all this way? What do you mean? You just said you couldn't be lord of anything, and now you're like... Well, yeah, I came here to be the king of everything. Well, like, but king is different than lord. <laughs> I know it's just stuff like that just irritated me. But no, that's because that's because it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. Oh, well, I digress. We kind of went off the rails here in our Game of Thrones venting. Um, I guess we'll kind of jump right in here to our next segment. Um, that is right. Thank you, Jim. The weekly hype horn. (laughs) It's awesome. Um, See, maybe someday we'll just get a soundboard and we'll be able to just play it on cue. Yeah, just dump it right in there in in post, right? Exactly. That would be ideal. But um, yeah, first off, let's jump right in here. We got a first look at Space Jam 2. Um, Yeah, so they're doing 3D character models on the Looney Tunes. I'm not super there for it. 
Um, like Bugs Bunny is weirdly like real looking, but he's still shaped like this weird anthropomorphized bunny. I'm not 100% sure it works. Only time will tell. Um, but one of the stupider things is apparently they're planning all kinds of crossovers for in this movie. So when they first pick up Lola Bunny to be part of the team again, she's living on Themyscira with the Amazonians from Wonder Woman. Because that needed to be a thing. I, yeah, is that really necessary? Like, I'm such a fan of the first one because it literally came out, like, as I was, like, you know, when I was, like, six. Or it probably came out before that, but I was, like, six years old or something when I first watched it. And, like, I loved it. Loved the Looney Tunes. Obviously, I was, like, a big Michael Jordan fan back in the day. And this is, I'm not going to get into, like, MJ versus LeBron. I'm okay with them making, like, a new movie. But, like, this just seems, like, so like unnecessary like they shouldn't have made this movie they're doing period too much like why does warner brothers feel like they need to like plug so much of their other content like into this one movie i don't get it it's gonna feel like a fucking advertisement like you know that right now there's it's gonna be filled with product placement and ads for their other shows the the little synopsis i read said lebron has to like save his son from a virtual reality and if that doesn't sound like the most TikTok stupid movie plot I've ever heard of, like, <laughs> this is certainly it. Is his son, one of them, like his real son's actually in the movie too? I thought so. Is it? That's that's um, kind of cool, I guess. But but yeah, no, I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. It, 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 he so is. They're just going to be literally scrolling like TikTok, Jim. And just like MJ got sucked down the golf hole, he's going to get like sucked into his phone and that sure as shit is definitely how this movie's going to start. I would be willing to bet. Like, I'm going to make a... Yeah, the synopsis on IMDb is garbage right now. It says, NBA stu- superstar LeBron James teams up with Bugs Bunny and the rest of the Looney Tunes for this long-awaited sequel. Ugh. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm... I was on the fence. I'm very much so out on this. I, I liked the first one, and... As someone who's not a super huge, like, sports fan, like, that's really saying something that I enjoyed the first one, um, even though it is also partially animated. But it was, I don't know, what I keep hearing is not exciting me for this at all. Right. Like, I was on the fence about it already, but this just seems like they're trying to do way too much. And like you said, it's just going to be almost overwhelmed by the amount of, you know, content or (laughs) advertising for future endeavors that they're just gonna throw in your face it just i don't know i think it's just gonna distract me i think we'll have to watch it because it's gonna be on hbo max so i'm probably gonna get yanked into it um but we'll just have to see and i I, i'm the big reboot and unnecessary sequel like uh naysayer here but I, i really feel like they shouldn't have made this right i agree well what else do you got for us here Next piece of hype, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has been cast as Jiminy Cricket for the live-action Pinocchio. Oh boy, <laughs> live-action Pinocchio just sounds horrifying. <laughs> I know, like when you put a real person next to a CGI real puppet, <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like nightmare fuel if I've ever heard of. It definitely does. I, I don't know. I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think he's a good actor, so like... I don't know. I think he could bring something unique to it. Right. A little tongue-in-cheek, kind of funny. I, I I, just think it... 
this headline just came out of nowhere. That's right. why I wanted to bring it up because I was like, live action Pinocchio wasn't even on our radar. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. And all of a sudden, JGL is getting cast. Uh, I don't know. Again, like this is just Disney's you know go around kind of making live action movies of every classic they've ever had. Some of them. Next are okay. thing they'll make animated remakes of the live action remakes, and they'll get us all again. I know that's the thing. I know they're it. a money making machine. They are. I mean, they they have people that come up with these ideas for a reason, and we continue to consume it like water. So, I mean, I don't blame them. Uh, not saying I'm excited for this by any means, but I'm sure I'll see it at some point. Uh, <laughs> I do. Well, if you're not excited for that, you're going to be upset by this next one. Oh God. Um. Texas-based theater chain Alamo Drafthouse has filed for bankruptcy. Some locations will be sold to third parties and others, and the majority will be sold to their new investors. So this is just what's called a Chapter 11 bankruptcy. So they're reorganizing the company under new investors instead of, um, I think it's Chapter 7 where they're going to sell all their shit and just shut down. So Alamo Drafthouse is not going away per se, but it's not necessarily going to be the same thing it was before. I've never been to one, but they have this national and international reputation of being the theater chain to go to, like with like ushers who are making you keep quiet in the theater. Uh, they bring and serve you food inside the theater. Like that's fucking cool. Yeah, I. Um, I wish we had something like that here for sure. I uh, I haven't been to one either, but I when I saw you have this on the on the outline here i did a little research and i like you said yeah they're like famous for ensuring you know an official theater going experience yeah and like making sure everyone has proper theater etiquette which i thought was kind of neat and yeah and like for them i'd to kill bring, for that at marcus oh right to bring you be able to have food and drinks like the whole time that'd be kind of fun i mean the rivoli here in lacrosse which is like a old school like they don't get the newest movies, but you can go see movies after they've been out for like a while for really cheap, mm-hmm. and you can get like pizza and beer there too. But they're not they're not keeping track of like house etiquette and stuff like that. So like I don't know, yeah, it's it's just sad to see this is like you know the first I'm assuming big name theater chain that's kind of fallen by the wayside now after COVID. So any news like this is just sad. But it sounds like they're not really done. It might just be different what you're saying yeah right it it kind it's kind of like under new management is the thing and this is uh chapter 11 bankruptcy is sometimes a stop on the train towards total utter failure bankruptcy um so they're not out of the woods by any means it just meant that someone wanted to dive in buy up their shit for cheap and try and save it Mm -hmm. um and whether that was done because they want to keep Alamo Drafthouse alive or if they just saw it as a great time to buy into the theater business when it's struggling, um, it, that I have no idea, right? But like, when you think about it, when a business is struggling, that's when you want to buy it because it's cheap. Hopefully when things go back to normal, the price and like what it's worth goes up, right? Right. That's why I bought my Marcus and AMC shares, man. I'm hoping, well, (laughs) Marcus, 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 I'm hoping that, you know, this might be total wishful thinking, but like the way we've kind of been trending is like, you know, people are starting to help each other out and like, you know, big businesses are getting probably bailed out a lot more than some should versus like local stuff. But I'm hoping like 
the movie industry or like Hollywood in general kind of like takes a hard look at like, you know, trying to like save the theater experience, especially after how bad this has all been, you know, which unfortunately it does not look, I'm just, this is like wishful thinking and nothing's trending in this direction, especially with Warner Brothers releasing every movie at your fucking disposal to your house anyway. But like, who knows? Like I said, when things get settled down and hopefully somewhat back to normal i'm hoping they kind of do some sort of events you know to try to like bring the theaters back to life because that i don't know i just i'm a sucker for it maybe like i said it's probably wishful thinking but who knows one can hope yeah i think the thing is it's it's a slow and long road is the thing right um there's a shitload of people getting vaccinated every day like i read a news story says we're up to two million vaccinations a day for um the united states but we're a country of 350 million people like that's a lot long ways to go um right i i just i really want to go back and i want to visit the new theater where i just moved to there's a theater like five minutes from my house as well as get back to like the the marcus and just be in the dream loungers watching a movie i think the first day back i might have to double feature something because i'm not going to want to go home god yes i've never done a double feature but i really should call my it's kind of a long day yeah well i I bet but i mean if you think about it i saw like i said numerous times on this podcast already i've seen i saw return of the king four times in theaters if i can do that you know sit through a three and a half hour movie four different times i can probably do two two hour movies maybe in a theater i'm sure i can pull that off so as you mentioned return of the king here I read this just this morning. For the first time ever, the extended di- edition of Return of the King is on streaming. It's on HBO wow. Max right now. So up until this point, it's only ever been the theatrical releases. But right now, you can go watch like four and a half hours of the best movie ever on HBO Max. And I highly recommend everyone set aside the time for that because it it's is so a trip, good. but it is absolutely worth it. The thing is not watching it on disc, right? Which is how I've always watched the extended edition. You don't get an intermission for changing discs. If you watch it on HBO Max, you just stop whenever. Right. Yeah. And that can be nice, you know, the ability to just push pause, which you can do with your disc. I yeah, get I that, could but... do it on my disc, but I kind of refuse, right? right? Exactly. I, I make it to that intermission. That's the whole point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's perfect. I do have one plug before we get to Daniel Kaluuya news. Um did you see that Marvel kind of someone discovered, I guess, that Marvel is in the works with making a movie titled The Mutants produced by Kevin Feige, which I didn't see that. No, which people are starting to think now that must be their shot at bringing the X-Men unless there's they'll have some other, you know, tie ins with a different movie. But yeah, I guess there is a movie in production titled The Mutants. No like cast or anything that's just it's just kind of like in the works sort of thing so well that'd be a really good way to bring in um or i mean it, it'd be the obvious way to bring in the x-men right i'm pulling up an article here just so i can sound like <laughs> yeah it's just sure enough just the other day i saw it yeah kind of pop up i thought it was really interesting because it's like well then they must just be their own reboot which i wouldn't be 
you know, I wouldn't really care if they kind of rebooted the whole thing, but I also wouldn't be opposed to them bringing into some familiar faces, like, of characters we've already seen just to help, like, integrate, you know? Right, and if they're bringing in the X-Men, the question is, like, are they going to try and do, like, side X-Men characters, or are they going to go all out? Like, we're talking uh, Storm, Wolverine, Professor X, Mystique, all of it. Right, right. Um and wondering if that means that our friends from the first class universe are out of a job. Oh, I know. And there's so many phenomenal actors and actresses in that group of, you know, characters. So it would be kind of a shame, but like I said, and well, and who knows with Deadpool three, two being announced in the MCU, like that's obviously going to have some, like you know, we've seen, um, Gosh, I can't think of his name. The Steel Guy. You know, he's been a staple of the De- Colossus. Colossus. Isn't that his name? Yeah, he's been a like a staple of the you know Deadpool movies. So like, I'm sure he'll probably find his way. But like, you know, they got they got so many opportunities to do this, and I I'm just pretty excited. I love the X Men. I'm still gonna be incredibly blunt. I am annoyed and frustrated that Pietro was apparently, as per what we've seen, not an x-men yeah like or an x-man just a pawn person kind of in her game which they probably chose him then just as like a little bit of fan service which is like hoo-ha but it gets everybody all you know their minds like we were talking about last week coming up with going a mile a minute right yeah and it's it is kind of underwhelming just to think that he was just yeah basically used by by the witch to just kind of yeah fill in fill in a place but who knows what are you gonna do? Yeah, it was incredibly frustrating, mm-hmm. but I'll probably there's nothing we can do. Right. I'll dive into that episode as soon as we're done with this, Jim, I promise. <laughs> well, yeah, because we're gonna have to debrief, <laughs> whether it's next week on the pod or hopefully before that. Right, exactly. Um So, anyways, last piece of hype. Yeah. Last piece of hype is we just want to send a big congratulations out to Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, we know he's a listener of the pod after hearing our review, but he just won Best Supporting Actor. Uh, the other night at the Golden Globes for Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, we may- maybe uh, didn't have many other ideas on who would win, but no surprises here from the cast of the pod that Kaluuya wins Best Supporting. We're all super stoked about it. Yeah, kind of like the first step. I think he's obviously going to be nominated for an Academy Award, I'm sure, and and who knows, probably bring it home. I I think he's definitely especially after this performance cemented himself as one of like the the definitive up and comers you know he's been around for a while so i don't really want to call him that but he's finally getting like you know that sort of rec- Some really good recognition attention. yep and now i think he'll just be opened up to a whole slew of of roles and you kind of get into that point now where you can probably pick and choose whatever he wants to do he's kind of got that sort of that power now after after a performance like that it's it's much well deserved for sure yeah yeah like i said we were just fucking high on that movie and so glad to see him get the recognition yeah absolutely absolutely well with that we will kind of dive right into why everyone comes here in the first place for the 20th time (laughs) and what better movie to review for the 25th episode than tom and jerry not the classic tv show but an actual live-action movie out on HBO Max. Jim, what is this movie about? 
<laughs> okay, so this synopsis is pretty bad. Um, it's an adaptation of the classic Hanna-Barbera property, which reveals how Tom and Jerry first meet and form their rivalry. So it's the origin story of the cat and mouse. Um, it was directed by Tim Story, written or based upon the characters of William Hanna and Joseph Barbera. Um, there's one more writer on this. Uh, Kevin Costello wrote the script. It's starring Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, Michael Pena, uh, Tom and Jerry, obviously, who do not speak. So <laughs> therefore, I, it doesn't appear that anyone was credited with them. Uh, Jordan Bolger and uh, Rob Delaney. Yeah, I mean, I believe it just says Tom and Jerry as Tom and Jerry at the end of the movie. <laughs> so right, it's right. pretty pretty funny that way well oh and fucking colin jost excuse me yes as ben he's maybe the second biggest star after chloe grace moretz in this movie right it's not a it's not a very well recognized cast on my part not that anyone was bad in particular i'm just it's nice to see some kind of new faces for sure obviously i've seen chloe grace moretz and michael pena in a handful of movies um fun facts for you jim Director Tim Story is the director of Barbershop, the first and second original Fantastic Four movies. This and he also directed. Man, this guy's got a pedigree. Ride Along One and Two. Why I bring That's that the up? Kevin Hart movie, right? Yes, with The Rock. Why I bring that up is I would have never, based on that pedigree, expected a movie like this. <laughs> out of him right you think of the director of barbershop i would have expected better i think tom and jerry well i right i mean it it was definitely something that is for sure uh but anyway i will kind of dive right in here to what we were what we were witnessing on screen with you guys um so first off we open up like in new york and you see a bunch of like pigeons flying and dancing around which kind of they're all animated, which seems to be a theme. Every animal in this movie is animated. They kind right. Of... This kind of caught me off guard because I figured that they would kind of drop that in slowly after you see Tom and Jerry, as opposed to diving right in with these pigeons at the beginning. Right, right. So we kind of immediately know that like any other animals we're going to see in this movie will also be CGI'd, which I didn't. Yeah, I... and it's they're not quite flat. But they're also not 3D. Right. It's kind of this weird in-betweeny thing. It makes it a little difficult at times to kind of, as they blend on screen with, like, the human actors. It's it's a little eye-popping for sure. Um, but anyway, we're first introduced to Tom, who's kind of just riding along on a train, like, eating an apple or something. Just, like, minding his own business. Um, and then Jerry is being shown a new mouse house by, like, a local rat realtor he's kind of just yeah. like oh you'll love these digs it's like an abandoned car with like chalk lines of a dead mouse like laying on the floor and jerry is just not having it yeah yeah fucking ghosts the rat and goes off to find something else there was actually and this may be the best line of the movie uh right here in the beginning as the rat says the last few places didn't float your boat but this place is a real mouse house can i say that is that copyrighted <laughs> that was pretty funny i did catch and that <laughs> it took me a little off guard but i, I actually kind of liked it um and it's downhill from there yeah. 
<laughs> Spoiler alert, Jim. Come on. Uh, but anyway, like this movie, it may. I apologize if it feels like we're kind of flying around 100 miles per hour, but that is exactly what this movie is if you guys decide to watch it, by the way. Um, so for the, next, the next scene kind of just ends up with Jerry walking around in what I'm assuming is probably Central Park if we're in New York, which we are. I think they confirm that later. But um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, he ends up seeing Tom kind of playing the piano as like a blind cat trying to earn money on like the streets or something. And he like immediately feels the need to see this as an opportunity to like jump in and like kind of take his thunder because he's looking for a place to live. So he's then like kind of takes over the whole scene and starts dancing around and says like dancing mouse looking for money or something. And it's like people start taking money away from Tom's performance and throwing it in Jerry's little cup. So we're immediately given this sort of like rivalry scene right off the bat. Right. So in this same scene is when we get the the first kind of of some of our gags. Tom is like reaching around on the ground underneath the keyboard trying to grab Jerry and get rid of him. So Jerry hands him his own tail. Tom grabs his tail, yanks it, upsets his whole keyboard. Keyboard flies up in the air, lands on his head, snaps in half, and indents his head into his own shoulders. <laughs> One thing I will give them credit for is the, like the gags and the you know the cartoon violence. They kind of did it exactly how you would expect in the in the old classic TV show. It just looks goofier being live action. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> It does because it's it's clearly a real keyboard that smashed down on him. Like literally, the only animated things are the animals themselves. Right. Everything they interact with, even to the point of Tom gets a name tag. Spoiler alert! Later on in the movie, it's a real name tag pinned onto an animated cat. Right. It's it's something else for sure. Um, but anyway, so yes, after Tom kind of flips up and breaks his piano the jig is up people realize he's not blind and i believe they start taking all their money back so he's he's irked from the get-go and he starts chasing jerry and we get like our first like chase scene throughout the entire park they're crashing through people's picnic tables and picnics like set up on the ground they're running over people like sitting on benches it's just it's ridiculous and then we finally are introduced to kayla who is played by Chloe Grace Moretz, um, Tom comes crashing over like a like a concrete wall thing and like just blasts into her as she's riding a bike with like a bunch of clothes and they just go flying all over the place. <laughs> right. She then stops him and says like, hey, you got to watch out where you're going or you could have really hurt me. And a fucking like truck immediately <laughs> runs over Tom. It just gets completely drilled by that car. Like, but right away it's like, so this is, I kind of got the vibe, like, the humans just sort of interact with these animals like it's no big deal, especially, like, Tom in specifically, like. Right, it seems as though they understand the fact that all of the animals are animated, and if we can skip to the next scene here, sure. right? She's on the sidewalk video chatting with her boss or something. He's firing her because she lost all the clothes that Tom threw up in the air. But he, he asked her why that happened, and she said, oh, it's a cat and mouse thing, and we all know that you just don't get involved. Right. Right? So it seems as though, like, animated animals causing antics or hijinks is normal right. in this world. It's almost like, yeah, it's it's not, it's kind of, like, candid. It definitely is part of the, the world we've been introduced to, for sure. Um, I will just say, like, that, like, FaceTime conversation she has, it's, like, the worst-looking attempt 
at like trying to portray FaceTime like in a movie I think I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and talk about the product placement for a specific fruit-based phone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That annoyed me so bad because it's like she's holding the phone so stupid specifically so the logo can be on screen. Can be shown for sure. It's <laughs> it is just it's kind of cringeworthy actually. Um but anyway, we end up seeing Jerry. He kind of ends up at the front of this Royal Gate Hotel, um, which eventually becomes kind of like the main location for the entire movie. Um, and so he finds his way in there. Tom sees him from across the street and chases him inside, but Tom is eventually stopped. He can't quite get in while Jerry kind of snuck in through the doors uh, revolving around Um Tom gets denied by the bellhop, I wrote down, and he kind of just says... He threw him across the street and into a wall. Into a brick wall, which, like, kind of shattered. Like I said, there's no shortage of, like, cartoon violence. And I for the one thing this movie gets right, I think it's kind of that to a point. But it gets a little ridiculous. Um, well, and it's like, we'll see as the movie keeps going. And it kind of starts here a little bit, in my opinion. There's too much time spent on the people. And not enough on, like, hijinks. That's what I wanted out of this movie, is to feel like I'm watching a cartoon just where Tom and Jerry beat the ever-living shit out of each other for a hundred minutes. Right. That's what I was hoping for. Exactly. Like, there was certain stretches of the movie where you, like, wouldn't see either two of them, which kind of, like you said, or, like, I'm gonna say, it kind of, like, puts you off or out of the mood, to be honest. I mean, this is a Tom and Jerry movie. Like, they should have been... You know, which maybe makes it seem like a live action movie probably wasn't the best idea in the first place, but we'll uh, we'll discuss that at the well, end. Well, because they've done feature length animated movies before, right? And they're relatively successful and relatively funny. Yeah, exactly. And then, but like you said, it kind of focuses too much in this role, like as as the human characters. Um, but anyway, we're we see Kayla. Then she kind of sneaks in. Um, the bellhop kind of gives her a look like she's been there before, obviously, to, like, get a free meal. Uh, so she kind of wanders in, and she sees this lady that's applying for, like, I'm assuming, like, some sort of assistant, like... It's like a temp job. Yeah. Because, uh, because there's this big fancy wedding for Ben and Prita. They're, like, the... the who who's an equivalent? I don't know, like, like Brad? Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas or sure. some shit. Yeah. Like, they're getting married um at the uh at this hotel right and so they're hiring temp staff to come in she's got a whole resume of all the other hotels she worked at so kayla sits down and starts talking with her and linda perrybottom is the name of the woman applying like i said like shit talking her a little bit how do people come up with the names in movies i'll never understand (laughs) linda perrybottom but yeah so kayla kind of scams her um kind of acts like she was interviewing her the whole time um and somehow ends up stealing her resume and acts like basically tells her to leave so it kind of just you know she attempts to get hired she she goes up to the front desk lady and she says well i have this resume and the lady just grabs it and looks at it like tell me jim in your experience is this how easy it is to get a job somebody just grabs your resume and says huh this is great you're probably hired (laughs) What, where the person at reception gives you the job before the boss actually does? That has happened to me exactly zero times. (laughs) Well, apparently it works, you know, for Kayla at this fancy, fancy Especially in a place where it's kind of tough to get a job or, like, you know, in, like, New York City, right? Like, 
it has this esteem about it where like they're going to be more professional than this but also it's a tom and jerry movie. right a hundred percent um so anyway she kind of you know wanders off we kind of get a break from her for a little bit tom we then get a flash to tom as he keeps trying to find his way into the hotel um he's going to like this back alley and he attempts to go in through like this like garage door that goes up and down and he climbs through the bottom of it but it but immediately gets smashed about 20 times in like 20 different ways and just gets like thrown back outside still can't get in um He's then surrounded by a bunch of, like, alley cats that threaten him for trying to break into the hotel, saying it's their hotel. I don't I don't get it. Like, are they just, like, reoccurring guests? I didn't really understand no what, they, what they meant. <laughs> well, like, they're, they're supposed to be, like, alley cats or, like, stray cats, right? Because right? in a moment here, animal control rolls up and, like, lo- loads them up. But, uh... It, it's unclear whether or not like they're upset that he's in their alley which i could see because like yeah. garbage coming out of hotel there's got to be decent food in those trash cans or if they're upset that he's getting into the hotel i believe they specifically reference the hotel right which, like you said doesn't make sense didn't make sense like I, like you said i would understand if he's like kind of stomping on their turf like looking for food in the alleyway but i believe the quote was like Are you trying to get into our hotel which Either way, it just didn't really make too much sense. But like you said, animal control shows up. They all scram. Tom kind of just sticks around a little bit in the alley. Um, yeah, he's able to hide right. so he doesn't get caught. We flash then to Jerry, who has seemed to have found his, I like this quote I made up, his little hole in the wall, home. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's, he's kind of like, is this where he's just like envisioning all of his like doodads? He's going to put like a TV up and, you know, a nice recliner and little bar section. You know, he's kind of just going over what he wants to do with the place. Um, we then just flash forward to Kayla doing an interview with Terrence and Mr. Dumbros, who's like Dubro. Dubro is like the hotel manager, I would assume. Yeah, that's played by Rob Delaney, and we have Michael Pena playing Terrence, Terrence who is like the events manager. Um, this like there's a couple like funny quotes here just in this like quick scene like she makes a joke about like the fish being like the aquatics manager and Michael Pena Terrence is just like so literal I just I he like says, that's Goldie <laughs> she has no position at the hotel she's a fish <laughs> like it's just corny but I kind of laughed I have to give him that a little bit just because of how like straightforward he is and like his no bullshit like attitude it's just it's like completely offset by her and Mr. Dubro, who's, like, definitely much more, like, fun-loving and outgoing than Terrence is, at least, at this point. Um, yeah, he seems he seems immediately taken with her. Terrence immediately has a problem with her for some reason, even though she's presented this resume that claims she's done all kinds of amazing things. Right. The name at the top, though, is ripped off because a kid was about to put some gum underneath the table, and so she had to give the kid a piece of paper. Just so happened to be the name off of the resume. Right. So that way she's able to keep her name Kayla, which she uses then for the rest of the movie. Um, yeah, just like a funny scene. She Terrence, like you said, is skeptical of her like right away, which I don't know really what warranted that other than maybe if it was just the name or part of the resume being ripped off. But he's like calling her out asking her if he knows like these certain people from these hotels she's she supposedly worked at before and so he's just a little skeptical um by the way she gets hired by mr dubro uh <laughs> terrence then gives kayla a tour of the hotel and 
we see then just like as this is going on jerry like a little side scene just collecting things like throughout the hotel for like his house it's just it's goofy he's got like a little bag around his shoulder and he's just throwing things that in somehow fits everything fits everything it's just reminding me of like the tents from harry potter or like that just yeah exactly normal exactly. on the outside but is when you go in there it's just like a mansion it's exactly what i thought of um I thought first of, like, the backpack or whatever bag you have in Skyrim that holds, like, 250 pounds of whatever, which is, like, a thousand wheels of cheese or some shit that I'm constantly carrying with me. <laughs> That's the best. And then you can get, like, boots or something, Jim, that, like, give you more carrying ability, too, if you enchant right, them. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, maybe... I, I'm such a fucking pack rat in video games like that. Collect everything. <laughs> Well, yeah, and then it's like when I finally have to drop something, I'm in the middle of a dungeon looking at, like, a sword that's worth, like, 5,000 gold, and I'm sitting there like, do I get rid of my cheese wheels? <laughs> but but I've been carrying these for eight levels. What if I need them? I need them. So fucking stupid. <laughs> that's so true. Maybe that's just it. Maybe Jerry was, like, a level 80 on Skyrim, you know, and he just has the ability to carry, like, you know yeah exactly he's got th- like a thousand three times capacity. his body weight or something who knows <laughs> um but yeah we're kind of just going through this tour um ken jong is in this movie i think is his name jackie as the cook yeah uh chef jackie. chef jackie um he's the lead chef yes uh he's kind of just he doesn't really have a too important role in this movie he doesn't really say much in this scene i don't think um I think we just kind of get a brief introduction, and then we see Tom then, again, trying any way possible to get into the hotel. Um, he's using, like, balloons and, like, floating up to the window where he sees uh, Jerry, like, just chilling on a bed. And then he, like, uses, like, suction cups trying to get up in the window. Each time he just fails and falls all the way back down, naturally. Right, because apparently it's a 21-story building, because... Terrence goes on and on about all these made-up statistics. Um, our, the water pressure is never less than 50 PSI, and our thread count is never less than 800. And about all the shit that they go on and on about, about how fancy this hotel is. And it's like, dude, we get it. It's a made-up fancy hotel. Right, yeah. It's We're supposed to like think that this is like the premier like location in New York City, essentially. But it's a big deal because they haven't had some big event in a long time, which we've been told. So this wedding is like they're kind of trying to make sure everything is perfect for this wedding, which we then get a scene where the bride and groom finally show up, which is Ben and Prita. Um, the We see like the return of two staple cartoon characters, uh, the bulldog, which his Spike. name is Spike. And then pardon me if i didn't catch is there a name for the i wrote her down as the fancy lady cat because <laughs> that's what i remember <laughs> from the cartoon i do not remember they called her toots toots okay i think yeah and which I, I don't honestly remember her having a name in the original cartoons right. but entirely possible one thing that i do want to mention before we move on is as the last thing terrence mentions on the tour is that the, there's this fancy glass atrium oh, over the lobby yes sorry that is his favorite part the crown jewel of the hotel and i said i wager that there is a 1001 odds that that shit gets broken 100 <laughs> percent um it may happen later folks but uh but yeah so it's kind of neat they brought back two you know two like staple tom and jerry characters we've seen in the past which i thought was pretty cool um but uh the real question though is what the fuck are they gonna do in the sequel they already did the team-up movie 
God, I don't know. Yeah, uh, right. That was a bad joke. <laughs> well, it's it's true. I mean, God forbid they ever make a sequel, but who knows how successful this movie is? They might have no choice. If it, I don't and know. that's the beauty of putting it on HBO Max. Right. You get a couple subscribers based on it, and then they're roped in each month because they'll forget to cancel it or some shit. That is true. It wouldn't surprise me if they did some sort of maybe like spin-off TV show for it. Like maybe based... if they went back to doing all animated, I could watch that. Well, yes, but I'm saying like they could try to keep it like in this world, and that would be. Oh, you think? Well, I don't know. Like I said, depends probably on how based on how much they judge success or how much success they have on this um who knows so they show up the bride and groom with the with spike and toots um you know tyrants is like freaked out that they're here already so they're starting to like get shit together uh jerry starts messing with the bulldog kind of like off to the side he's like pulling out like dog treats out of the purse and stuff and he's getting them all worked up um we then get these Jerry's eyes lock on Prita's wedding ring, which can only mean that somewhere down the line, that's going to cause some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing we should mention too: Ben, the groom is paid, played by Colin Jost and Prita is played by Pallavi Sharda. Um, so there are two uh, married couple, but they're not really leads. They kind of are cameos overall. Right, right. So then we kind of skip, uh, Jerry, Jerry causes a stir in the kitchen. Um, I believe that the one chef that like is like passed out or freaked out, is that supposed to be, uh, Jackie's son? Does he say, or is he just apparently Yeah, he mentions that in passing later, but and this is a relatively funny scene, right? Because Ken Jong gets to be Ken Jong for a minute. He like, uh, is dabbing sweat off his quote-unquote son's forehead and um he's like i'm dealing with the biggest group of inept people ever and then he like covers the guy's ears or something oh not inept they're so wonderful shaking his head no right um and it's so that he doesn't want this mouse there to upset even more things because apparently his career is at a delicate point so if there's a mouse infestation this could be bad this could be bad um we also get like here Kayla and Terrence are are now back with them in the kitchen and she vows to catch him slash her and they kind of have like a goofy interaction. Oh yeah, we don't we don't assume any gender roles here. Yeah, we're this, not gender biased. <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, well, and then there's there's a quote that I wanted to bring up from Terrence, and this is this was incredibly cringy. He's like, if a picture of this mouse is tweeted up to the Instabook face or the Tiki Talk, yeah, will we will be ruined? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you would have been better off to just say if the newspaper got a hold of this right for fuck's sake i know it's like they tried too hard to like you know make it a point of how like inept he is with like the social media world you know it's it was it was a little too much um but anyway we finally see what jerry has been collecting all of his you know new belongings for he's got his little house set up looking real nice he's got like an iphone or something has his tv set up in the corner he's got a little and he's got a pair of airpods as speakers <laughs> speakers yep and like <laughs> a little uh bathtub set up um he's chilling he's looking good uh kayla then sets a trap for him because she's kind of been put in charge to kind of catch the mouse uh 
She then gets distracted by Cameron, who's like the bartender, um, played by jo- Jordan Bulger. Yep. Jordan Bulger, I believe. And he, you know, he's kind of just, they're just talking about like, you know, you can tell there's kind of maybe some chemistry between the two of them. I'm glad they didn't really like make it like a love story. A huge deal. Yeah, that yeah. was, that was kind of refreshing. Um, but anyway, she kind of gets distracted. Jerry overhears her say that she's trying to catch the mouse. So he then, you know, looks at the cheese, and I think I couldn't. I thought for sure when he placed, he put like some money over the trap with a note, and it said like, yeah, and it said you need a better trap. Yeah. signed J Mouse. <laughs> I thought for sure like she would just grab like the money and like snap herself in the trap, and then we'd see like that would have been funny. Yeah, we'd see like a laugh, but I didn't. I just, I guess, I don't get why he left money there for her. Well, and. To be clear, too, right, we don't get any of the, because we're dealing with live action people, we don't get a single, like, gag that we would with um, Tom and Jerry, right, where they beat the crap out of each other. So it seems as though there's a big missed opportunity because it wasn't often, but sometimes there would be gags where, like, Tom would knock over his owner while he was chasing Jerry or something in the movies or in the TV show. And here there's just none of that, which doesn't quite make sense because that would have added to it. But also, I don't want to see someone like literally get snapped with a mouse trap. Yeah, because um, it, it's just not going to land the same way as when you see like their their fingers all like crimped up and screwed up from like it smashing on them or something. Right. For sure. For sure. Um. So anyway, yeah, we kind of. We kind of jump ahead then to Tom, who is back outside still, like, this whole time. Like I said, we get, like, flashes, but we've gone now probably maybe 10 minutes without even seeing Tom, which he's a, right. he's a pretty important character. I mean, his name is in the movie, so. Um, <laughs> so he's outside, um, stuck in the rain. He, he kind of gets this little battle between, like, this angel version of himself and the devil version of himself. Uh, kind of like telling him if he should, you know, continue to like go after the mouse or like get his way up there. Um, fun fact: that's played by Lil Ray Howery, who's now been yeah. in a few movies on that we've reviewed on the pod. Um, he may be the biggest repeat in terms. He might. Of this actor, is the because he was in Get Out, Judas and the Black Messiah. Now this is his third one. I yeah, and I, it, he could have been in one of the other ones too, and I'm forgetting which, but. Yeah, maybe the biggest he, repeat of any actor. He we've seen. might be the pod's favorite favorite actor, which I'd be okay with. The dude is hilarious. Um, but anyway, he's yeah, he's getting a little back and forth. Uh, the devil side wins out, of course. Um, so, so he climbs up this fire escape and he's trying to get into the hotel. Naturally, he falls many times, but then he finally climbs up on the other side. He's like in a building across the street, and he like begins to like tight walk across this wire, and I what jim do you think he gets electrocuted like in like seven different ways as he's trying to get to get to the window first by like lightning then jerry like cuts the wire on him as he's trying to climb through the window and gets electrocuted by that it's it's just absurd like yeah and he makes some wings out of cardboard it's like the last one flies all the way up to the moon and then comes smash he he, like grabs onto the windowsill and he's kind of surprised jerry smashes the (laughs) the window on his fingers right and that's what i would have wanted out of the the mousetrap gag but on a person right exactly um 
and then he proceeds to fall again. <laughs> and he, I believe then he just gets struck by lightning at the bottom again for like last measures two after he hits the ground. Like they right. made it a point to strike him with lightning like seven times. Um, but just again, like a little fun back and forth, like what we've come to know and love from those two. Uh, so eventually I cannot remember how he gets back up to the window and cuts. He doesn't really show it. He just climbs back up and he like, uses his yeah, fingernail and just like cuts a circle through the through the window and climbs in i think yeah the reason you don't remember is because uh they don't show oh him. he's just immediately up at the window in the next scene <laughs> right so he like he eventually has found his way into the hotel um we're getting a whole new round of shenanigans with tom and jerry they're absolutely destroying like this suite this very nice room in the hotel and it's like a constant like just tornado like which tornadoes make a very you know prominent appearance in this movie a handful of times i might there might not be an animal tornado in this scene but either way they're destroying this hotel room uh kayla then is like walking through the hallways she's getting um kind of reports of noise complaints and she's been tasked with like trying to find where it's coming from uh yeah there was they have walkie talkies her terrence and the other employees and he's like getting on her case like don't say over this isn't star trek (laughs) yeah so terrence is like a complete like down in the dumps no fun and kayla's like trying to like make light of everything and at least see the bright side in some things um either way we kind of jump ahead kayla has discovered the room um and she's just like catches the two of them like kind of just at each other's throat as they like pause i think like right kind of a funny just like caught him red-handed sort of scene um right and as she busts in jerry has now disappeared so tom's the only one left right yeah he jumped out of the way and and is missing so she's kind of like scorning tom a little bit and she kind of you know gives him an ultimatum she wants his help to catch the mouse so she can like save her job or at least make herself look good as she's kind of like lying her way through this entire thing you know at least at the beginning um so we kind of jump ahead to like a pretty funny scene again with terrence like being quite too literal um for the movie and like talking he's taught there they go talk to mr dubrow and, and kayla's trying to get tom hired and Mr. Dubrow was like, oh, yeah, we'll give him a hat and a name tag. And Terrence is just like, he's a cat. He can't have a name tag. Like, it's Right. And Dubrow even says, like, we, we can't be discriminatory against feline employees or PETA would be all over us. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, it's, again, it's like, you know, another hint at, like, some, like, this world is clearly linked with, like, you know, the animals and humans interact in a totally different way you know, then obviously we would expect, um, so nonetheless, Tom gets hired. He's for, he, but in order to get hired, he must wear the hat and the name tag. So we get like a little scene with like some music, some dramatic, like music playing and Kayla and Tom are walking down the hallway where he's like sporting off his new look. He looks so proud. I wrote down <laughs> like his little top hat. Um, just pretty funny. Uh, so they're in the hallway kind of talking and we kind of jump ahead and Jerry, is up to his you know old self again he tricks tom then into like hitting spike did this kind of jump a little bit to because jerry so like lures him is, away right with the 
Yeah, he left a note on the ground that said, congratulations on the new job. Tom follows a string that's attached to the note. He's outside of a door. Jerry hands him a baseball bat, right? (laughs) Tom doesn't realize that Jerry's standing right there. So then uh, Tom jumps into the door, which is where the string leads, and, you know, bonks Spike with the baseball bat where spike then proceeds to beat the crap out of tom just gets owned i love it too we get like the little like goose egg like pop-up out of out of spike's head like you would in the cartoon a little funny scene and tom takes his finger pushes it back (laughs) in and another one pops up like those are the things i wanted out of this movie yeah and then just wasn't quite enough um but like i said the scenes we get to are, are pretty good so tom yes just gets destroyed by spike um jerry runs into uh toots i like i said i wrote down the fancy cat lady um <laughs> she and she is fucking nasty you know yeah, she, she tries to eat him yeah she like, gets like full-blown like samurai cat on him and like you know kind of loses her ladylike ways and tries to tries to eat jerry for sure um she almost gets him but i think she gets like dis- she gets called by prita prita calls her back in um we're kind of introduced then to like this joy she's like the the weird she's kind of the weirdo cart lady yeah she kind of just an employee at the hotel um i want to say she's the bellhop yeah she's played by patsy farron did terrence at one point say she was like raised by like wolves or something did i hear that right in the beginning yeah that is what he said i don't i don't get it but (laughs) I don't know. She's supposed to be like creepy and freaks him out or right. whatever for no real apparent reason. But Kayla's trying to figure out this mouse issue and she says, Well, why don't did you check the little mouse door up on the tenth floor? Yeah. That's like Kayla's like blown away, like, mm, well, I guess we'll check that out. Um so she goes up to the door and Jerry she knocks on it. Jerry kinda like comes out, introduces himself to her, um, it's kind of just like a funny little scene he like blows her off a little bit i think he like Mm -hmm. goes back in and just enjoys himself and his hot tub that he's made in his house uh i think did she show up with tom at this point to the to his house Yeah, tom like puffs himself up and walks over and is about to go after jerry but jerry grabs his like little mouse hole yanks it down the wall a little ways yeah and tom then smashes right into the wall slash yeah kind of the old slide the whole house thing along the base of the floor like we've seen um yeah so jerry's kind of like laughing at tom as like the enforcer and they kind of just begin this yeah that whole chase scene around kayla and he smashes into the wall um kayla we then jump ahead kayla's called to the bridal suite with with terrence um and this is the first time we kind of get like she's kind of overtaking terrence in like the position or at least like in the eyes of prita who kind of takes a liking to kayla and like some of her ideas over terrence and we see terrence start to get pretty jealous um they're like carrying in a bunch of like presents and like terrence has like one package and kayla has like 10 (laughs) and she's like Mm -hmm. clearly struggling um One of my favorite things about this scene is when they come in, Ben, Colin Jost, is playing uh, golf on a simulator. And he says to Terrence, yeah, this simulator is really good at replicating how bad I am at golf. And I just want to say that is absolutely me. (laughs) That that would 100% be something I would say, too. Like, oh, this is, you know, it's so accurate at how terrible I am, you know. He's shanking it all over the place for sure. Um, 
So anyway, they after they carry the presents in, and they they have like a conversation with Ben um, after he kind of discusses his his terrible golf uh, golf game. They're talking about some things they want to do for the wedding, and Ben brings up the idea of like riding elephants into into the ceremony, and like Terrence is completely freaked out because he stayed he has stated earlier that this is a no pet um, policy hotel, but they made exceptions for. For Ben and Prita, obviously, with Spike and Toots. Um, and they've hired Tom, so there's animals all over the place already. So it's quite the it's quite the thing. Uh, so he's kind of freaked and out. to be clear, yeah. Prita is not super interested in this idea as well. She's kind of going along with it because Ben is not quite listening to what she wants, even though he claims that he just wants her to be happy. Right, right. Yeah, so he's... She's kind of down, more down for like a low key wedding where Ben's just like trying to do everything, thinking it's going to make her happy, but in the end, it's probably more for himself. Um, so at this scene, then we get like uh, Terrence is asked to take Spike out for a walk um, because he ate some burritos. Yeah, yeah so he's kind of got to go relieve himself outside somewhere. Um, he's kind of opposed to this thinking he's more important or like should be in on the the wedding conversations but they want to they want to keep kayla around um at least prita does uh so as terrence takes spike outside we kind of see um kayla and prita start to talk about things and it's revealed that prita has lost her wedding ring which if we said before jerry kind of had eyes for once he saw it earlier in the movie so we can assume that when he was gathering things, he must have swiped that up as well. Um, and to be clear, this ring, the diamond is like the size of a grape. Yeah, it's huge. It's fucking huge. <laughs> it is massive. Um, I think we even get like it during the scene, like Ben comes over and he's like, where's your, where's your ring? Like the big ring or something, you know? Yeah, and Kayla just says that she took it to be clean. To get clean. Trying to cover for Prita. Yeah, so that kind of like builds their relationship. Like Prita really likes Kayla because she's willing to like cover for her. Um, we kind of jumped into Terrence walking Spike out on the street. Uh, he takes a massive shit in the middle of the road. There's like taxis everywhere. Yeah, because like, that had to be seen. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, Terrence is just not having it. He's just having a rough day. Kayla's getting all the information. He's picking up dog shit in the middle of New York. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she, Kayla then, we, you know, we kind of jump ahead. She goes and talks to this Joy. Like, basically asking her, you know, if she had lost a ring, where she would, you know, go look for it. And it's just, like, a pointless scene. Like, Joy kind of just rambles on about nonsense, you know? Yeah, she goes on a tangent about how one time she lost her baby brother, apparently. It's, I don't know, she gets more character development in that moment than anyone else in this movie. Right, right. Like, it's supposed to be funny that she's kind of just going off the rails. But again, like, it really doesn't mean anything because I think Kayla just, like batmans her and ghosts her anyway like right she's right. kind of just left standing there um so then we this is where tom yeah. sets up like the huge rube goldberg trap outside of uh jerry's little room he puts a piece of cheese out and jerry activates the trap which takes like a minute <laughs> for us to watch all of these things happen but the end result is that a crate or like a cage falls down on Jerry. Tom then puts a crate over the top, chains it up, and fucking mails Jerry away. DHL. <laughs> yes, gone. Like hazardous material. Do not open. Like gone. And it's it's really funny because I thought when all that was going, I thought for sure like 
when the crate just fell down, I thought like Jerry would just be gone just for how long it was taking in general, like right. the entirety of the trap. Um, but anyway, yeah. So Tom tells Kayla basically that he's gone. Kayla then informs Mr. Dubrow that the problem has been solved. Um, and that it's kind of just some funny like conversation back and forth where he like thinks Tom deserves some sort of severance package for his work. Maybe some tuna because he's a cat yeah <laughs> like it's kind of funny um we see and he, oh, he makes ahead. a comment here about how uh sometimes the real test for a couple is planning the wedding not actually completing the wedding you know so oh yeah that comes back up later. right talking about ben and prita a little bit um so then we kind of just see kayla go celebrate uh she's with cameron at the bar he's kind of like gives her a seltzer water or uh, something and they're talking about you know, getting shit done and, you know, accomplishing what they achieved. And then Tom just starts playing on the piano. I will say, is, like, Tom the next Mozart, Jim? Well, and it, th- there was one <laughs> tiny little detail we skipped over in the beginning. But, like, Tom looks up at a sign where John Legend is apparently playing. And he envisions seeing himself as, like, listed as the opening act there. So, like, it appears that he must be musically gifted. Right. That's for sure. And and I will hand it to him. Like, every time he hops on the piano, he, he does a pretty good job. Um, so he's trying to, like, he's kind of, like, hitting it up on the piano. He sees Toots over at, like, another table. And he starts to try to, like, serenade her, I'd say. We kind of get some vocalization here from Tom as he's, like, kind of just, like, you know, right yeah i kind of forgot that he's sang singing here. a little bit um not sure if, if it means anything or not but um he's really not paying attention anymore as jerry has somehow now snuck back into the hotel he looks dirty and ratty um and pissed yeah very <laughs> upset he somehow just has a bowling ball and just smashes one of Tom's hands on the piano. <laughs> and Tom immediately freaks out. Uh, Kayla notices what's going on as they're kind of like rummaging around the, the piano. And immediately goes over there to try to stop them. Jerry then at this point reveals that he has the ring. And wants right, to... he was using it as a chandelier. Yes, in his, in his apartment. Um, but he wants to use this now as some sort of bargaining power to like stay in the hotel. Uh we then kind of, you know, have the little conversation back and forth between those three. Um, it's at this point that, like, Terrence and Spike come back in from their walk. And in an attempt to, like, escape, um, Jerry, like, jumped in her pocket, which I don't know if I noticed right away. But I certainly didn't. Tom is now next to Kayla as she's talking to Terrence, and Terrence is like, oh, why are you acting so nervous? Because obviously Jerry is back in the hotel and Tom's like pointing at her pocket, like trying to get him out of there. And Yeah, he's like pawing at it, trying to get in there, right? right? Which causes Jerry to freak out and we get what I'll call the second of the animal tornadoes. <laughs> yes. So basically Jerry goes running, Tom's chasing after him, which causes Spike to just absolutely lose his shit too. So between the three, it creates like this, tornado to which terrence is still holding on to spike's collar or leash and he yeah, gets right so he's sucked he in. gets sucked in and sees jerry in the tornado and confirms that he has seen jerry back in the hotel but he gets like thrown out to the side and just completely beat up the tornado then 
Is this where it gets sucked into the elevator? Or is that later on? Yep, they go into the elevator and then across the roof and smash through the glass ceiling. Oh, man. The great glass ceiling that Terrence spent like 10 minutes talking about earlier in the movie. Um, Right. And to round out the scene, Kayla pats her pocket and finds that Jerry actually left the ring in her pocket. Yeah, a nice gesture by Jerry for for all the shit he's kind of caused. Or at least you know been a part of i wouldn't blame it all on him to be honest and kind of put up with yeah, too. <laughs> exactly uh mr dubrow um we kind of jump to a scene where he puts terrence on leave and says that it, he seems to be overwhelmed with the wedding and that he's kind of losing control of what's going on um did you have anything to input there jim at all or yeah i do uh terrence is throwing a huge fit and he says she brought a kitty cat to the bar <laughs> And Dubrow says, Tom is an employee. He has a name tag. (laughs) That's just fucking stupid. It is just so over the top. Like, again, with the name tag, like, I guess anyone with a name tag is, like, the most important person in the hotel, apparently. Um, Right. So, yeah, Kayla, from here on out, has been given, like, the events manager position, at least for the weekend, um, while while Terrence is kind of on a little bit of leave of absence. Um, She meets with Tom and Jerry on the roof. Um, she has, she tries to talk them, like telling them that she's in charge now and she really wants to keep this job and that they have to leave to which they kind of cry and show her some baby face. And she, she's a sucker. She says they can stay as long as they spend the wedding day away from the hotel together. So she like sets up this whole like day for them in New York, which I I thought is kind of funny. Um, right. Well, and it sets up some interesting hijinks for him too. Right. So then we go on a flash of a whole bunch yeah. of super quick scenes. Um, pretty much just them, like, going to museums, knocking the shit over, like, going to, uh, like, a fish market, um, eating a bunch Tom of Tom eats one of the fishes. Yep. Yeah. And then, so, like, while this is happening, um, Kayla's kind of, like, meeting with all of the other hotel employees, kind of listening to everyone's problems. Um, the elephants arrive. They're animated. They look utterly ridiculous. Um, they don't really know what to do with them, um, like I said. And then we kind of flash to, like, one of the last things. Tom and Jerry, they go to a a baseball game. and Yeah, Yankee. <laughs> and Jerry, or Tom, accidentally, like, reaches over the fence and catches a fly ball and causes the Yankees to, like, lose the game because the outfielder could have caught it. So they get taken away by animal control. Just ridiculous. And it just so happens that Terrence is watching the game on television yes and realizes that the two are hanging out together so he comes up with some plan that we'll kind of get to here um and then we kind of just get more talk about ben and prita's wedding prita's kind of venting to kayla about how big it is and ben just seems to do too much as he's like flying a drone around like yeah, taking he pictures says it's military grade and i think they disabled the weapons <laughs> i think so that's just, yeah, you can just kind of tell that he's kind of a bit overwhelmed himself maybe and just has a lot, uh, too much going on. Uh, but anyway, we jump to where Tom and Jerry are now in animal control. They're locked up with a bunch of other animals. The alley cats kind of surround their cage because they want a little revenge because Tom didn't get caught, I'm assuming, the first time. And they want to eat Jerry. Well, Tom... Right, but since they can't eat him, they force Tom to eat him. <laughs> who puts Jerry in his mouth. 
And from here on out, Jerry proceeds to set up a campfire and start <laughs> frying up some mar- or, uh, marshmallows in his mouth. And the cats are like telling Jerry or Tom to like chew it up, swallow him, or like, you know, just make sure you're doing it right. And we kind of jump to where the animal control guy comes and Terrence has come now to like interrogate the two of them. Which... Yeah, they treat it like a real jail, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, kind of funny, right? Because th- you guys have a visitor and takes them off to separate interrogation rooms. Right. So you can tell from like this quick little scene where Terrence is like interrogating him. He's like playing them against each other, like saying only one of them can get back into the hotel, but you have to help me. So we kind of know something's up. So we kind of jump ahead then to the wedding day. Um, we see Terrence sneak in with Tom. So we're thinking like Tom's the one he chose to come back with him. They see jerry and you can tell terrence kind of let him in as well because terrence is like oh tom there's jerry you better go catch him for me so you can stay here or something like that you know right and in the interrogation room he told them both he's like oh yeah the other one was talking shit about you said you can't handle being around the wedding and not ruining it right so he played them against each other really easily exactly so Tom, again, gets a little, like, back and forth with his angel and devil sides, you know, telling him whether he should go um, attack him by the cake, which, of course, he does. Kayla spots him um, and, you know, kind of wonders what they're doing there. We get the scene now by the wedding cake where Tom's about to, like, smash him with a hammer and she's just, like, begging him in her mind to not do it. So we see Jackie then, played by Ken Jong, come out. Um... Sees He's got a rolling pin. Rolling pin. Sees Jerry by the cake and is totally freaked because he thought the mouse was gone. He begins himself completely hacking the wedding cake like a psychopath. And to Terrence's much delight because he's now caused a problem that he thinks will get blamed on Kayla. Right, right. And uh, the, this portion of the scene was actually good. I thought tom was gonna smash the cake i think it's better that they had jackie do it because it was it's really the only quote-unquote hijink that the people get up to um and i i just thought it was funny and ken jong is maybe the the highlight of the movie yeah not much but he definitely like provides some good comic relief for sure comic relief in a comedy i don't know it it was it was a good scene yeah there's so much like for a movie that is only a hundred minutes long, there's a fuckload of plot here. Not good plot, but there's a lot of it. Right. Um, and it's like there there was way too much to that it kind of drowned out the cat and mouse story. For sure, which is what we were looking for. Like I said, I'm sure people can tell I me mean, we've been flying back and forth here through scene to scene, but like that's kind of what it is. I mean, we get there's so many cuts in this movie, like it's hard to kind of keep track of what's going on, you know, with all mm-hmm. of it. Um. Well, it's got the action movie problem where, like, you're talking about quick cuts. They're constantly having super short shots of everything. Right. You know, and it feels as though they need to piece some scenes together because the human actors were having a little bit of trouble, maybe. Or, like, you couldn't interact well with the animated animals, right? Right. Because it's like, it doesn't quite work. I I mean, it must, it probably is hard. Granted, we're not actors, Jim. Um, Oh, guarantee it's hard. Like, trying to act out like an extended scene with an object that's not even there you know who knows how difficult that really is um but like i said it's it's just it's a it's a pretty tough movie to follow if just from us trying to describe it so 
If you want to watch it, though, I suggest it. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we kind of jump ahead here. The cake has been destroyed. Jerry gets, like, smacked by the rolling pin once and flies now at the feet of the elephants carrying Ben and Prita into the wedding. And, obviously, elephants are terrified of mice. That's, like, common knowledge. That's cartoon 101. Right, exactly. So they start freaking out. Ben and Prita get, like, tossed off the backs. They're caught, thankfully, um, by some bystanders. But now... We get the third and probably, obviously, the largest animal tornado. It's honestly the only way I know how to describe it. Um, The elephants are freaking out. There's, like, peacocks. There's a tiger for some reason. All this giant, elaborate stuff that Ben has set up for this wedding that Preta never really asked for, but now it seems to be causing all these issues because it's all there. Um, They all round up and start just absolutely destroying the hotel. Um... The elephants eventually burst out onto the street and start, like, running down the streets of New York, like, blasting through cars and stuff. <laughs> uh, it Once the dust finally, like, clears, um, Kayla eventually has been discovered that she kind of lied about everything. Terrence kind of pieced it together and told Mr. Dubrow. She's forced to admit it. Uh, it's kind of a sad scene because um, she's pretty down about herself and... Prita then calls off the wedding with Ben and everyone seems to be, you know, like the typical low part in a movie like this. Right. It's You can't have a comedy without a point where absolutely everyone is depressed and upset because that's the only way to make the ending seem happy. Right. But I will say versus other movies, the turnaround's quite quick in this one. Like oh, yeah. It's like one scene. So... We uh, the wedding's called off. We get like a jump ahead to Kayla walking out um, by herself. Tom is thrown out onto the streets. I'm assuming Jerry just probably hid somewhere in the hotel. We don't really know where he is at the moment. Yeah, that's not super clear here. Right. So there's like some sad music playing. Tom's getting rained on. Um, the next day he comes. He gets visited by Jerry in the alley with a coffee, and they kind of like go hang out on like a bench and come up with like some sort of nonverbal because they don't talk, plan, which the next scene kind of is funny too when they're like describing what they need to do. Um, Right. We see then Cameron and Kayla out on a walk talking. She's kind of apologizing for lying, but you can tell that he's not too upset with her there. They get along pretty well. Um, Right. He was just upset that she lied to him like two scenes ago, and now it's just, it's cool. I don't care that you lied to me anymore. It's literally like... For the person I've known for like three days. From what we know, it's like the next day. Because we saw Tom get thrown out in the rain at night and Jerry like visit him the next morning. So yeah, it's like the next morning. You know, like hours have passed only. And Cameron has led Kayla now to like Tom and Jerry. He's like, maybe these two can help you like try to save the wedding. And she's like a little unsure about it at first. But then they start like doing this terrible like game of charades where Tom's like drawing stick figures of like what they want to do and she somehow gets out of it that they need to save the wedding and even Cameron like in an attempt to like throw in a little comedy is like how did you make that out of what? and you got all that <laughs> from <laughs> that yeah oh it's ex- it was it was a little bad um nonetheless Kayla then uh goes to talk to Ben who's still at the hotel um and just kind of like apologizes for everything brings out the quote from mr dubrow about you know sometimes two people have to step up to the plate to like save a wedding and that kind of like strikes a fire in him a little bit 
<laughs> and then Terrence makes fun of the quote. Yes. And says, what kind of idiot would say that? And Mr. Dubrow says, I would say that. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I was just being sarcastic. So it's just a little tongue-in-cheek, a little funny. Um, Tom and Jerry are tasked with catching up with Prita because she's on her way to the airport to bring her back. Um, Tom is riding some sort of like electric skateboard, like 50 miles per hour, it looks like. Just yeah, it's like a motorized skateboard with Wi-Fi <laughs> that... Uh, that that was what Ben opened in the first scene where oh, they brought okay. something up to him, there you right? Go. Yeah. And the one thing I got out of this scene is there's like a walkie-talkie on the, uh, or like a radio on the skateboard itself, and Kayla is telling them like where uh, Prita's car that they're chasing is like turning or where it's going. Yeah. And if it didn't sound like the worst voiceover from like someone giving you objectives in a video game ever, it's like. <laughs> She's turning onto 55th Street. Yeah. Go, go. And then it, she, oh, she's headed for JFK. It was bad. It was not good. Um, and they had some sort of like GPS too. Like what were they tracking? Did they put like a tracker on their car? You know, it's like. Apparently. Pretty like unclear about how they're supposed to catch up. Nonetheless, um, they somehow got their hands on the drone that Ben had had. Um, Jerry then like attaches himself to the drone, like Tom Cruise mission impossible style and, or Jerry, sorry, Tom drives the drone up above the car. Jerry drops in, drives toots insane. Cause she sees him and she leeches up and tries to bite him and grabs onto the rope. The drone flies away, dragging toots and Jerry <laughs> and Prita stops the car, telling him to turn around and have to follow the drone. So I guess mission accomplished, you know? Right, right. So they take the drone and they fly it over to Central Park and Prita follows, which is where they've set up for the final scene of the movie. Um, They've set up the wedding outside in Central Park. Yep. So it's a much more subdued, laid back wedding this time around. Um, Only a handful of people there. Not as much extravagance. Um, she seems a little skeptical at first, uh, but she eventually agrees to marry Ben, saying she just wanted him all along, none of like the fancy stuff. And they proceed to have a great time. You know, everyone seems happy, and I'm pretty sure Kayla and Cameron then just share a real drink this time, some champagne versus just the club soda while they were on duty. Uh, right. But. We kind of then, the end of the movie comes, start rolling around, and we eventually see Tom and Jerry continue to kind of build their little rivalry. And the movie kind of ends mm-hmm. with them, again, chasing each other, and Spike is also involved. And, and they almost ruin a second wedding. They almost ruin and it. that's where fades to black. Fades to black. Yeah, I mean, a true master class in kind I'm kidding. <laughs> but... <laughs> Again, yeah, that's kind of it, folks. Like I said, it's it is what it is. It's it's a Tom and Jerry movie that probably had a little too much human impact, but I get what they were trying to do. Um, nonetheless, I'm not sure it was enough to get a high score. Jim, what would you rate this movie? I give it a three out of ten. Um, it has absolutely no heart. Is kind of what I came down to. Is like it the gags are the same gags we've seen before which is kind of what i wanted but also like the fact that it didn't interact with the people at all i felt was stupid 
Um, the plot that they tried to shove in here around the cat and mouse story was totally unnecessary and distracted from the gags, which is what I wanted this movie to be about. Like I said, on the whole, should have just been a cartoon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and probably would have raised my score by like four points. Yeah. I mean, I agree. There's, I gave it a four out of 10, so not much better. I, like I said, there's a couple things that I enjoyed um like a couple throwbacks to like some some like i said the characters like spike and toots just kind of bring in like some original characters even though this is supposedly the origin story so right i guess it makes sense that they might be in there but um nonetheless yeah i mean i think i think in a movie like this based on a show like this i was a little too distracted by you know the human plot and what you know was going on and maybe just not enough of tom and jerry or like you said if the interactions with the people would have been a little better it might have helped out you know a little bit or at least just animate the whole thing maybe like go like a right like you could have had live act or not live action you could have had real people voicing people characters right in an animated movie and i i think i would have liked that more mm-hmm. um because like i don't know Chloe Grace Moretz seemed to be phoning it in real hard for this. There's no depth to her dialogue. It's all very monotone and like right. over the top excited constantly. It just, it didn't work. And I, I think that none of the human characters were fleshed out enough for the amount of plot they tried to make us swallow. Right. Cause we're supposed to like, we're like led to believe that Chloe Grace Moretz Kayla is like, she's like coming from nothing essentially, you know, it almost seems like right. she's kind of like homeless if she's coming there for like a free meal, but I don't really, you can't really tell cause you're not really given much of her background other than that. She eventually just steals like a resume and tries to like get a job. But yeah, I couldn't. Right. And so we're left with these questions that like, from a tom and jerry movie i shouldn't have any questions yeah right cat wants to eat the mouse end of story Mm -hmm. you know so it it, there was too much extraneous junk right and that kind of just you know like you said dilutes it and kind of just brings more confusion than resolution by the time you're by the time you're done with it um exactly that was a good quote more confusion than resolution (laughs) yeah we should we should put that on a (laughs) t-shirt coming up scott you i'm giving you content man for these t-shirts and he just keeps you know dropping the ball yeah I, we were jim were we told that there was going to be like memorabilia like you know after like the first like week of this pod i was told we were going to have a website at one point yeah yeah <laughs> we'll see we'll see um no hang in there bud scott you'll be here to defend yourself in no time we'll we'll try to not be in reality we're, we're picking on you because we miss you yeah that's really all it is i do miss him um Nonetheless, uh, that kind of wraps up the 25th episode. Um, Jim, what do we have on the slate for next week? We have one of the best Marvel movies that (laughs) I've never seen. We have the original Blade starring Wesley Snipes. It's on HBO Max right now. So we're going to check it out. And th- this is getting a reboot, right? They're doing Blade in the MCU with um, Mahershala Ali. So got to get to know the original content before you see the remake, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I will say that I these <laughs> these movies hold a special place in my heart. Um, like any like action movie, that's basically what my dad and like my uncle, we used to do like 
they'd come when my uncle would like visit us in town. We just watch movies constantly, and a lot of them were like these crazy action movies. And so I've seen these Blade movies like I won't, I'm not gonna say a hundred times, but I've seen them many times each each of the three. So I'm excited. I don't remember it being that great. I will never say it's a great movie, but I will say it is It is definitely a fun one. So I, I cannot wait to kind of dive into that next week. That should be a good time. Um, any other okay. thoughts, Jim, before we kind of wrap it up here? Nope. Just you can always follow us on Twitter at weave underscore scene underscore that. You can like us on Facebook or email us at seenthatpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, again, that's S-C-E-N-E, that podcast at gmail.com. Tell us if you think Tom or Jerry is the better character. Which one has more depth? Why we should care more about Kayla's story and her backstory in this movie. Let us know your opinion. Yeah. Or at least just let us know if we're if we're too hard on it. I don't know. I'm just, I just think, like I said, it, it was a little just too much for a movie that should have just been like... It should have just been more fun. Right. Exactly. I agree. Like I said... um, Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, That was the 25th episode of the We've Seen That podcast. Once again, thank you so much. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jim. And roll credits. Roll credits.